You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hola, amigos. We got a lot to get into today. <laughs> April 3rd. My goodness, when we last chatted, it was still March. Brand new month. No April Fool's tricks or anything of that nature when I talk about your New Orleans Pelicans. Magic number one. What are you talking about? Jim Eichenhoff for Pelicans.com is going to join us here at 1230. We'll talk about that. Pels probably had the best weekend you could possibly have. And that is because, of course, the Pelicans won back on Saturday. But then also a couple of teams lost Saturday. In particular, Dallas yesterday, a bunch of teams losing that the Pelicans needed to lose. So we'll get into that with Jim coming up at 1230. Rafael Esparza at 115, Marlon 215, rest of the way. I'm leaving it open. We got a lot to get into, including LSU, your national champions, 102 to 85. I'm going to talk about the controversy. If you would like, get your take on it or not. Bottom line, though, what should be at the forefront is it's the first men or women's basketball title in the state that's coming your way that's now a national champion. And you saw it from the get-go. This team was ready to go. Patrick Wright, voice of the LSU Lady Tigers on the LSU Sports Radio Network. I love to see a good screen for Jasmine Carson to go baseline. Inbounds comes to Poa into the front court with three. She will hand it to Carson. Fades away for three. Oh! She banked it in. Oh! Carson falling away. <laughs> banked it in. She can't miss. I think I called that one. She was fading away. She threw it off the window and in. Jasmine Carson's got 21. And your halftime score is LSU 59, Iowa 42. When that went in, I, I remember looking at, I was over at my parents yesterday and I looked at my wife, I looked at my buddy Steve, I'm like, when that goes in, that's one of those things where, and you saw the reaction by Iowa's head coach. When you see that, that is one of those moments where if you've been around sports, you go, it's their day. Like, you're, you're not only overcoming the, the team, but when you have that, because to me, and again, I know a lot of attention is being paid to Reese, Moores, who stepped up in the second half. Those two are, quote-unquote, your stars on this team. But what Carson did, 7 of 8, 7 for 7 at that time, 22 points, that won the national championship. Her five three-pointers, to me, won the national championship. Set the tone, gave them a lead, was able to them to get that double digit lead, and then you have that momentum going in. It, I mean, that, that, that to me, that was the title. She doesn't knock down those shots. Those other ladies don't knock down those shots. Man, I don't know. You had the foul trouble, and I know there's a lot being, oh, the officials were only against Iowa. Morse and Reese also had two personal fouls early in the first half and had to sit and watch. So look, we'll get into all of that and more. But what an effort. That play, to me, stood out. The second one that stood out, again, not one of those quote-unquote stars, but it's this play. 95-82, LSU by 13 with 129 to go. Lob pass will come to Morris at long range. She's going to dribble it toward the right wing. Now dribble through people chasing her. Then she'll lob it in the corner to Poole. Poole, they wanted to foul her but couldn't. Nine on the shot clock, got it back to Morris. Around traffic, gets it baseline Reese. Get it back with up. five, out to Poole. Three ball, right wing Poole. Yes! It's good! Oh! It's good! It's good! The Tigers are going to win it! It's 98-82. Clark for three, no good. Rebound tip, Poole has it. And Poole will dribble it into the front court. We are under a minute and Poole is fouled. When she hit that three, you got the goosebumps, right? You saw it and the camera credit truck. The folks in that truck that are calling the shots for that game 
three goes down, immediately focuses on Kim Mulkey, and you see it. You see it. She gets down on her knees, and then she, it, it, it dawns on her. It hits her right then and there. You just won a national championship. And then you see the tears. And, and it just, I mean, it, it can't be anything other than you just appreciating what, what they did and what they, I mean, it's so incredibly hard to do what she did. It's incredible, but here's Patrick with the final call. It's got to get it to the front court. Behind her back dribble, she does. Three, two, one. Ball game is over. Your Fighting Tigers are national champions in year number two of the Kim Mulkey era. 102-85, the final. Tiger fans everywhere, celebrate your LSU Tigers. do happen when you piece it together. And nothing proved that more than the second quarter of this ball game when there were three starters on the bench with two fouls and Jasmine Carson had the night of her life. LSU goes ahead 17 at the half. They withstand an Iowa run. And your LSU Tigers are national champions for the first time ever in year number 48 and year number two of the Kim Mulkey era. This is surreal. Uh, incredible, right? Incredible to, to hear that and as Patrick mentioned there again, because there's so many people today, the officials were out to get Iowa. Gave LSU. He mentioned it. Again, I guess you just look over the fact that your three top players had foul trouble as well. LSU won the national championship because the other players stepped up. It's why I said it. It's why I led off with it. Carson won the national title for him. I mean, five threes. I mean, you, you're getting that. You're like, oh, my goodness. But what a surreal run by them when you look at it. And I thought they had a good shot to get to the national title game. And I said, you know what? Here's the thing. South Carolina's a, I mean, they're, they're ahead. I mean, they're ahead of the program. It is what it is. And, you know, it, it would have been an amazing accomplishment to be able to get to the national title game. And Iowa goes out there, Caitlin Clark has an incredible 40-point performance. But going into that game yesterday, I said, that's going to be so incredibly difficult to come back. And I know it's a day. Let's call it 24 hours. you got to come back and muster that same energy. And there was no way Kim Mulkey was going to have the same defense or lack there of game plan that South Carolina had against Caitlin Clark. I said it, you know, just to my friends and family or whatever. I didn't post it or tweet it anywhere. But Caitlin Clark was going to face... One, two, three purple jerseys around screens, around everything. She still got hers. But you saw that. Even on threes that she missed or made, there was three purple jerseys around her. One way, shape, or form. And you saw it early on. There are other players are going to have to do it. And I said, that's fine. Even when they got that early lead. I don't know, number 25 is going to have to drop 40. She's never done it. So y- you saw as the game progressed and that timeout by Kim Mulkey settling down the Tigers early when they were trailing, perfect timeout. And again, when you look at what this accomplishment is, I, I look, my, my last year calling Tulane women's basketball was last year. Two years ago, her first year, I was calling that game at the PMAC, Tulane LSU. They won. I, I thought Tulane kind of Maybe gave that one up a bit. But over the last several years, Tulane was the better talent in team. I mean, there was a, a, a big talent gap that Mulkey showed up to to try to put them on a national stage, which is why she always said that it's going to take a bit. They ain't there. The expectation levels. Now, the transfer portal, you can look at it however you want. Again, when it works for you, and you get nine players come in, it helps do two things. You become competitive immediately. Uh, if you do it right, get the right amount of coaching, which obviously this happened, this would be the, the best case scenario, right? Winning a national championship. Again, it doesn't happen that often when you can do that, but this is where we are right now with college basketball. And what it also did 
is help secure what the number one recruiting class next year. They, Angel Reese is coming back. I mean, this is going to be a very talented team. Now, all of the pieces had to fall together, right? Even Gino Ariam was saying over the weekend, their top player didn't play this year, was injured with an ACL. Let's see her come back. He would like to see her go up against Caitlin Clark in the final. So, look, she's coming back as well. It's going to be a, a heck of a thing. What's undisputable, though, is what we talked about on Friday. Was there more excitement about the women's Final Four Friday than what we saw on Saturday? Look, Saturday had two nice games. The first one was a buzzer beater at the end. But the numbers are the numbers. There were six million people that watched South Carolina and Iowa. I watched it. Obviously, after LSU won, I wanted to see who they were going to play. But if you hadn't watched women's basketball all season, what Caitlin Clark was doing was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, ridiculous. So, I enjoyed it. It, it, it was, it was unbelievable the run. And, man, I just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's remarkable to think first, first time. And in just two years, Kimoki at the podium last uh, yesterday evening, what it means. With about a minute and 30 to go, I couldn't hold it. Got very emotional. That's really not like me until that final buzzer goes off, but I knew we were going to hold on and win this game. And I don't know if it's the mere fact that we are doing this in my second year back home. I don't know if it was the fact that I am home. I don't know if it was looking across there at my daughter and my grandchildren. I don't know if it was looking across at Ellis. I don't know what it was, but I lost it. So that should tell you what I think about it. Very, very emotional and tears of joy. No doubt. Jasmine Carson, again, I, to me, she won the title. I mean, her coming out and draining those three, seven for seven in the first half. That was unreal. That was like Jose Alvarado's 40-point game against Denver earlier in the season. You know what I mean? <laughs> Didn't just come off the bench to contribute. I, I thought changed the game. Um, what she had to say. You know, usually I don't even celebrate after I make a shot, but tonight I just let it all out. I made a three. I was like, ah! I just had to let it out. You know, I didn't have nothing to lose. It was my senior uh, my last game of my college career, and, you know, I ended it. <laughs> I ended it the right way. And then Angel Reese had this to say about the rest of the team stepping up as well. Yeah, no, this wasn't about me. This is all about the supporting cast. Everybody has played a role all season. And tonight, just coming from the bench, Jazz, Poa, Samaya, they came and stepped up and played big. I mean, they didn't. Uh, for Jazz, she probably didn't want to go out as a senior, go out the wrong way, and she wanted to win. So she did whatever it took to win. And Poa played a great job coming in when Alexis was in foul trouble. And Samaya, as a freshman, just getting big rebounds. Being aggressive as, as well as she can, and I just I just think everybody played their role, and that was our our goal this year. Just everybody piecing it together. Alexis Morse, also one of the leaders on this team, she was asked, "When did she know that the Tigers were going to be natty champs?" I'm gonna be honest. When I when my main ranges started falling, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's nothing against my teammates. My teammates are over. I said it's my time. I'm just not gonna let this slip out of our not out of our hands. Like we're too close. I just smell. I just tasted it at the time. All right. So that's a lot of the game. I think that is and should be the important aspect of it. Uh, I would be not doing my job if I didn't bring up the meltdown that people had. I just no other way to talk about it. Absolute meltdown by people on Twitter with the John Cena, you can't see me pointing to your ring finger thing that Angel Reese did to Caitlin Clark. You look, and we have discussed this throughout the show. Phone lines are open. 800-998-1003 in the upper cervical family chiropractic hotline. You can look at it as the unwritten rules, sportsmanship, things of that nature. However you want to, you know, sh- should you do it at all? Should you walk and follow her for 10 seconds to make sure she sees it? Again, we can discuss this throughout all of that. And we can have opinions and, you know, you can tell me what your unwritten rules or rules or written rules are, etiquette, all of that stuff. And I'm going to also bring up the fact that that's just what today's athletics is, right? I mean, are we 
melting down like we did yesterday over that when Draymond does his stuff. Like as a nation. Fan bases will. But like a nation. Like did the, the Twitter universally lose its collective minds when Tom Brady breaks a tablet. But is firing up his team. I can't honestly tell you the last time I saw a three-pointer made in the NBA or college basketball, and you're going to see it tonight, where the second, the first three is made, first ten seconds of the game, there has to be a hand gesture of some kind. Tapping your chest, pointing to the sky, the three fingers to the temple of your head. I mean, like, I can tell you all the different things, right? Earlier this year, I guess it's, it's a new thing right now. The too small that Zion and everybody else has done. Men do it all the time. And, I don't know, maybe it's just the first time you've seen a couple of ladies doing it. Is that the bothering? And again, you can tell me how you feel about it, if it's excessive or not. It's two tweets in particular that really, I, I thought were out of line. And I'll talk about it when we come back. So, Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients, offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also, holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's 5000 50000 or 500000 we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-6759. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-575-6759. That's 800-575-6759. Tax Relief Advocates. Real solutions for real people. Even with the convenience of Uber and Lyft, king-size accidents can happen in a rideshare. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced in handling rideshare accidents and will fight for a king-size recovery for your injuries. Get the royal treatment you deserve at The King Firm. At The King Firm, we treat every client like royalty. If you've been injured in a rideshare crash, ring The King at 909-KING. LA20-11132. Man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-9981-003 is a way to chime into the conversation on the Up Circle Family Chiropractic Hotline. Caitlin Clark. Honestly, I have no idea. I was just trying to get to the handshake line and shake hands and, you know, be grateful that my team was in that position. All the credit in the world to LSU. You know, they were tremendous. They They deserve it. All right, so that is her answer to what happened afterwards where Angel Reese kind of followed her around afterwards, pointed to her ring finger, kept doing the John Cena, um, you can't see me thing. And people lost their minds on it. Two people in particular really stood out to me. Um, the guy that runs or started Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy. Point knowing whatever you want it, whatever. Um, look, you can say this or that, what's classless and however you want, but, um, there, there's certain things that I just, I don't get. And, you know, <laughs> his tweet was something else, you know? And he didn't back down from it. 
right after the game. Not only did he not back down from it, but he tweeted at Caitlin Clark, we love you, Caitlin. So, whatever. Um, but for him to use, I guess, the language and, and, and way he said it's it's pretty incredible. Classless piece of excrement. And he used the four-letter word that starts with S and ends with T. You want to end it at classless. That's fine. But man, that was, that was something else. So she's a piece of excrement for that? I, I see that every single night in the men's game. I mean, I really honestly do. Like I said, I'm, and I'm not saying that it's okay or not. I'm just, it's everywhere. You can't get, you can't see a base hit in the first inning. Without players, you know, running the first base and celebrating and $75,000 worth of jewelry. I mean, it, it, today's athletes, it, it is their brand. It's about branding. It's about marketing. It's about standing out. And it is excessive celebrating to, a, to an extent. When's the last time you watched an NFL game? First quarter, first drive, back to pass, balls incomplete, the DB celebrating. Receivers looking for a flag. Right? Make, make, somebody makes a catch, gain a four. We're pointing first down after every, when's the last time we saw somebody get a first down? We didn't see that player get up and say, first down. I mean, it's, we see it all the time, right? And again, we can say, maybe she walked too much towards, I'm gonna play why she said she did what she did. And there's people still losing their minds over this. I, I'm just, I'm, Okay, so she walked up and did that to Caitlin Clark. But to call someone a classless piece of you-know-what. That man owns a company and does businesses and sports books and stuff here in the state. That's that's unbelievable to me. And then you got the Keith Oberman tweet. Now, granted, it's Keith Oberman. That guy's lost his mind. But, my goodness... Calling her a bleeping idiot? Using the F word? I mean, I... Wow. Wow. Quote, what a bleeping idiot. With with her... With her doing that. And then it's pointed out to Keith that Caitlin Clark actually did that in the Elite Eight game. And... Then now the discussion has been, it's like the Sabruta film. Let, let's, let's break it down. Did she do it towards her teammate or was she doing it towards, you know, Louisville player? And it was towards a Louisville player. You just don't see it. So tell me how you didn't watch the game without watching the game. She did. But, you know, again, now we're breaking down what, what was right, what was wrong. We're, we're talking about today length of how long you can do it. Should you only do it one? I mean, this is ridiculous. And again, we can discuss that if it if it works you up, if you want to call them LSU classless, if you want to, you know, all that. I'm just telling you. To me, what stood out is attacking, and I'm you know to an extent I understand the whole phrase they're kids and stuff. I mean, but just in general, and this is the problem we have in this country right now: the level of disrespect we have for people, and the fact that we feel disrespected every five minutes. She said, "This is for the disrespect." But grown men calling people idiots and classless as pieces of SH, N's and T? Really? I, I mean, how drunk are you? How much money did you lose in a bet? That's just unbelievable to me. And it's sad because if I do have a issue with what happened, is that it has taken over the fact that LSU won the national championship, played an outstanding game, had an incredible performance by somebody off the bench and stepping up and taking that moment. I mean, we can go on and on and on. The problem is that that's the national story now. That's, that's, I mean, it is. That, that's where my issue is, is man, that stinks. You're only going to get that moment once. And unfortunately, that's the video it's going to be associated with her. National champ, 
did all of that, but that's all anyone is talking about. This is what Kim Mulkey said this morning after um, what Reese told her about the incident. She's a magnet. She speaks her mind. She does trash talk. Um, hell, I trash talk. You trash talk. We all love to talk it. But now you have a lot of people watching you. And Angel is unapologetic for who she is. Angel is very, very smart. And she's very, very savvy. And she knows if she crosses the line and it becomes vulgar or it becomes something that doesn't represent me or LSU, someone will tell me and then I will get involved. Otherwise, if what I was told is all there is to it, so be it. This was Angel Reese after the game about that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, all year I was critiqued about who I was. Nobody, I don't, the, the narrative, I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, y'all don't say nothing. So this was for the girls that look like me. That's going to speak up on what they so she goes on to talk a little bit about that as well. And, of course, as you can imagine, that has set off a lot of people defending her or attacking her. Just some of the takes. Jay Will. When Caitlin Clark is doing all this, she has swag. Um, she's a competitor. But when Angel Reese does it, and was it maybe a tad bit excessive? Could she have been called a T? Sure, if the refs wanted to call her an a T at the end of the game for trash talking because she followed Caitlin Clark around. But these are the same things that motivates young people in sports. And we applaud it in other directions, but now we want to apply race towards it or we want to apply look at her she's a classless piece of that's what dave portnoy said i'm yeah. putting names on it mm. keith oberman called her a blanking idiot mm. on twitter what, what are we doing why are we taking it to that level if you want to criticize it and say call a tech fine i'm okay with that at least you're having some kind of informed opinion on it but now we're name calling yeah now we're questioning people's character and that's my thing about it when you're calling somebody a piece of excrement that that gets you that gets you in trouble on the street. Forget the streets, just Walmart. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just crazy. Eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three. Lee, you're on the on deck circle. Uh, I think it's Cody. Are you Cody on line three? Yeah, bro. How you been doing? Doing well, man. What's uh, up? We've talked a couple times. I, I mentioned a couple things about you know, um, kind of like this with um, football players when you call them out and tell them they're no good. I mean. You know, I, I just don't understand our society the way it is. There's got to be something in the, the food we eat and the water we drink because, I mean, the sensitivity that people have is unreal. So i got two, three statements. One, I think Reese did what she did because South Carolina is in the SEC. So you, you're not just saying it to South Carolina. You're saying it to our region. Oh, y'all not good enough. And, you know, that kind of hits home because we at the SEC, you know, we're proud. We're, we're extremely competitive. And for you to say, oh, your region can't compete with ours, I think she took that as part of it. Number two, um, when I was younger, um, I played this um, pickup basketball game, and there was this little guy about 21 years old. I mean, this summer gum was hot. Like, he never missed anything. And they're like, Cody, we're going to put you on that guy. Because I had speed. I mean, I wasn't a bad shooter. But when I tell you I stuck to him like glue, and all his friends were ribbing him like, dude, you can't get away from that older guy. And I even told him, I said, bro, I'm in my 30s, and you can't shake me? <laughs> I mean, he could not get away from me. Right. And, I mean, we, you know, we... We jost back and forth, and it right. almost got physical. But I was like, bro, you're going to beat up a 30-something-year-old man that's just showing you that, you know, just because you think you're something doesn't mean you are. I mean, I'm keeping up with you. Like, you cannot out, you know, you can't outshake me. Like, nothing you do is working. 
So, you know, you need to get the ball to other people. But my point is, why does that matter so much now? Like, years ago, I mean, in football, I used to love when they did the celebrations. Why did he take all that away, Gus? Well, and like I said, I think when you look at emotion, you look at the way people are and the reaction that everyone was having with what she did after a South Carolina game and in what uh, Don Staley said after that game, right, about it as well. You just add everything to it. And I've always said this, too. I, I don't know because I'm not in that shoe, and I don't know what these players go through. But I've always said this. We have to at least take a step back and at least wonder or ask, okay, well, why does that player feel that way? I, I, I approach the same way in my relationships or dealing with my kid, you know, like if somebody says, hey, I'm hurt or I'm bothered or something makes me angry, and I may not think it is. For whatever reason, I should at least ask why and try to understand from that perspective. And, you know, again, to what you're saying, that that's part of sports. That's part of competitiveness. You, you're going to get emotional. You're going to get those things. Um, I, this wasn't a cheap shot. This I, this wasn't anything Draymond Green does on a nightly basis, much less against the Pelicans. I mean, oh you know my what I'm God. saying? Don't get, I don't, mean, don't get me Draymond Green's yeah. language that he used Dude. after the B.I. thing, where he's using the P word and the N word, and the officials are like, I don't hear anything. That was far worse than walking around and following Caitlin Clark and doing you can't see me. I mean, if she's doing the double bird, if she's doing what I don't know, I've seen countless men do when they do the the onions walk because they got, you know, heavy you-know-what. I mean, I just, I'm, like, I'm just saying, like, man, it's just nuts. Again, we can discuss, hey, was it excessive? Hey, should you get a file? Is that taunting? But when you call people classless pieces of and a bleeping Yeah, idiot, that was over. I mean, good Christmas, man. I mean, well, my 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 issue with it is, why doesn't that just make your juices even more competitive? Yeah. Why didn't Caitlin say, okay, so you really think, you know, well, and that would have made the game a little bit more, <laughs> you know, interesting. But to just call out someone, because... yeah, I know, man. Uh, I hear you. Thank you so much, Cody. Appreciate the phone call, Lee. I'm gonna talk no to Jamaican Eichenhofer here when we come back out of the break. If you can hold on, I'll come to you, I promise. Um, but Jim's got some news that I want to, pro, you know, give us, especially for Pels fans, about the postseason opportunities. We'll do that next on ESPN New Orleans. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more tea times, more play time, more time to do good, more fast time, and more once upon a time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. Water safety tips from Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. You have dogs? Nah, how many dogs? If you had dogs. No. Have you oh, no. never had dog? I, yeah. Not like a animal. But here's the problem. Friendly. I grew up in New York City. Yeah, so I live in New York City. If you get a dog, you are now you in the commit. poop collecting business. Yeah, so the reason commit. no, the reason I asked is because I was happened to be looking through my phone in 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 one of these things, social media things, something popped up where a dog was literally licking a baby's face and licking all that's so what? gross and jay said oh that's so cute i'm the jay you know what dogs that's the problem with you well until i recognized that the baby was like six weeks old that's so gross i thought it was a baby like you know like a Ooh, that baby's, year old, that like baby's a year gonna old. be immune to disease that for the rest like of a so year old kid jay, jay the dog's mouths are cleanest thing on earth I, well, who, I, the, the, whatever gj and max followed by greenie mornings on espn radio and on the espn app 
how can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Cut off by Zubats. Spins away, now cut off by Kawhi. Drives back in, baseline jumper. 15 feet! My goodness! Left side and splashed by Brandon Ingram! My heavens! Everybody on their feet! I'm on my feet! <laughs> That's the graph when he is uh, much, much more happier than he was in the first half. Jim Eichenhofer, Pelicans.com. Got to break down what happened, man, in the last two days. How are you today, sir? I'm great, Gus. How are you? I'm doing fine. Yeah, a, a much different uh, graph in the second half when in the first half, it's the thing. I mean, it's the thing. And, and he and he pointed it out at the beginning of the game, and he points it out all the time. You go away for four games or more, you come back that first home game, you forgot how to shoot the basketball, Jim. I don't know why that's the case. He's pointed out statistics on it, but... um. This soundbite's probably the best representation of that, Jim. Ingram drives right by Mann, takes it to the rack, missed that shot, tipped up Nance, no. Rebound Daniels, no. He's got it on the floor. Somehow found Herb out long. Back to Richardson, kick it to Herb. Herb drives in, hook pass to Daniels. One dribble, right corner three. That's nearly an air ball. Nance blows another layup. Another shot is blocked. We get it back. Now Herb right side. Bumped by Batum, airballed a two-footer, but a foul. We cannot make a shot. Goodness. <laughs> we had five looks at it. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny, Jim, because that was the Pelican first quarter and first half, man. But unlike previous games, that would have been the downfall. They somehow overcame it. And overcame a 40-point night by Kawhi Leonard to get the win. I, I think one of the biggest wins of the season for them. Yeah, I think you could argue that that was the most important win that they've had of the entire season, just based on what it did for them in terms of the playoff race and the standings. And I mean, to me, if they had lost that game, we probably wouldn't be able to have a real serious conversation about them being in the top six or trying to finish in the top six. But because they won that game, I think now they legitimately – have a decent chance if they win three or four of these last four, I think they will be in the top six. What's incredible too is you look at that night and um the Pels win at one twenty two, one fourteen. We can get to BI's thirty six and his stretch that he's been making another eleven free throw attempt night he makes ten. And he's got thirty six remarkably Jim without making a three pointer. He didn't even attempt a three-pointer. How surprising is that when I bring that up? And also, the last nine games the guy has had has been absurd. Yeah, that is pretty surprising. I mean, I feel like even the centers these days, if they have a game where they score over 30 points, you expect there to be a three-point make or two mixed in. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas made a three during the game Saturday against the shot clock. So, I mean, pretty much everyone these days takes threes. So it is surprising to see that I think he was zero for zero. He didn't even take one in that game, Brandon Ingram. But, I mean, his his mid-range game is so unstoppable right now. It feels like, why not just keep going to the same thing if they can't stop you? Just keep shooting those 18-footers. And uh, he did that over and over again. It felt like he had about six or eight of those shots from 15 to 18 feet that are just going money right now. Yeah, Um Look, Trey Murphy had 19. You mentioned, you mentioned Jonas was what, 42nd double double now the season 23 and 12. And, and CJ got, you know, hot towards the end there, but only one of five from three. I think one of the other guys that stood out to me, and it's not going to be flashing. I think you and I talked about it in the post game was Dyson Daniels 14 minutes. It only reads five points in the box score and only two rebounds, two of four from the floor. One of those was a three. But it was the timing of that, right? The putback was his other bucket. I think he hit that three. And then I think he got a rebound or two. At the moment, the yeah. Pels are trying to capture the lead. It, that was big for him because moving forward, he's clearly going to be in the rotation. I mean, we're not seeing Hayes, Billy, Kyra, anyone else. He's going to be of the eight players they're going to use. And maybe that game gives him the confidence I think he needs. Yeah, I think in today's NBA, I mean, during the regular season, but maybe even more so during the playoffs, 
having a big wing defender like him is very valuable. You're going to go up against teams that have guys that can score from the two and three positions. So, I mean, him being in the rotation, I think, is important. And like you said, his confidence increasing is valuable too because, I mean, he's going to probably be on the floor in some pretty big spots, including maybe even this week in some of the games that they play. So, yeah, I mean, he's been playing better over this last stretch of games. I agree with what you said um, in terms of the timeliness of when he contributed was huge. I thought, I think it was Trey missed a shot from the mm-hmm. corner that bounced up high off the rim and then Dyson tipped it back in. That was the basket that made me say, as I watched the game Saturday, they're going to win this game because they have all the momentum now. And it seems like everybody's making contributions, including the rookie from Australia. So mm-hmm. um, he was big in that win, no doubt, regardless of what the stats say. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens here moving forward because, Jim, it could not have gone better, I I think, than it did over the weekend. First, you go back to Saturday. It was only two games. It was the Pels and the the Mavericks and the Heat. Luka Doncic put up 42 points. They lose Miami 129-122. That's a good thing because we talked about it in the postgame. When you look at the win-loss record, you essentially would have to lose your Final Four games and they would have to win their final four games for you not to be at least 11th now i know stuff has to happen but it made me feel good i'm like at the very least you're gonna be 10th right jim and then you look at what happened yesterday where you had the t wolves lose the mavericks lost again by two 132 130 in overtime you had the kings lose Lakers won. The Thunder lost. But, you know, man, when you look at the Warriors losing, it, it's six is there. And more importantly, by Dallas losing again, because they're 11th. I, I I think you're at least 10th, Jim. Yeah, um, Utah and Dallas both have 42 losses. So the best they can do is 40 and 42. Pelicans have are 40 and 38, so they really only need to win one more game. And they're definitely in the top 10. That'll knock out the Mavericks and the Jazz, at least in terms of them catching New Orleans. Those teams will still have a chance to make the play-in based on OKC and, and the other teams. But, right. but yeah, that's almost a done deal as far as bringing the top ten. But like you said, when you go back through the weekend, and it wasn't even just Sunday. I mean, I know this is going back a few days, but Friday there was a lot of results that were positive as well for the Pelicans. So it was a pretty amazing um, confluence of events. I feel like we talk about this in all sports where you go into – a scenario and you say like well they need these two three teams to lose and then <laughs> right. if they win and it never happens it never actually happens that way something always kind of is a fly in the ointment that messes up what your grand vision or plan was but <laughs> right. it almost seemed like this weekend was like are we dreaming like how how does all this yeah. stuff keep happening especially uh, minnesota losing to portland that was the biggest shocker that yeah. i could imagine that's a bad loss that's a bad loss for them and look to your point as I'm looking at the standings tonight again Pels don't play tonight so you have to go two games it's almost gut-wrenching to to wait to see what everybody else does but Lakers are seventh you're eighth Minnesota ninth but they're 13 have you got a game and a half lead on nine mm-hmm. and a two and a half game lead on the Thunder at 10 look Jim you don't want to be in the play-in but if you are 7-8 gets you the mulligan, where if you lose, you still are alive to play one more game. You can still make the playoffs right. by winning that next game. Mm-hmm. So you at the very least want 7 or 8, 7 host over 8. But, man, right now that's the Lakers-Pels. I, I don't want anything to do with the Lakers when it comes to a play-in situation right now. I got LaBooBoo yesterday saying it's title or bust. But here's the thing. Lakers and Pels, a half game back of not only 6, where the Warriors are, but a half mm-hmm. game back of the Clippers in fifth. So the Pels have the tiebreaker in the Clips, don't they? Yeah, they have it on the Clippers and the Warriors, too. So that could be very beneficial if the Pelicans are able to win a few more games. I mean, that was really the biggest thing. I mean, we, we just talked about making sure that you finish in the top ten and maybe even making it so that game 82 against Minnesota is not do or die because yeah. the Pelicans could be far enough ahead of them. But, in, I mean, beyond that, just they got so much closer to fifth and sixth, like you just mentioned, that that was really maybe the biggest development of the whole weekend is the fact that you're 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 so within striking distance. And if – I know it's four games, so it's not like I'm t- saying they have to win one or two and everything's good, but if they win their last four games, they're definitely in the top six. So, 
I mean, they have control of kind of their fortunes now, which is something I think we would have been shocked to say a couple weeks ago when things were going in the other direction. Look, I'd like to say that it's no shot for the Lakers, but they're literally, I'm not going to say gifted because they didn't change the schedule, but they played Houston last night, won 134-109. They take on Utah twice in the next four games. The Jazz are out of it. But they do face the Clippers and the Suns on Wednesday and Friday, the 5th and 7th. So, look, for the Clippers, they need that game. The Suns, they're also trying to stay there where they are in the 4th spot. So, one of those two. For the Pelicans, you're facing playoff teams, I mean, as well, because you're, you know, taking on Sacramento, which is a team right now that is trying to hold on to its spot where it is at third. Memphis is three games behind Denver. That's your opponent Wednesday. And then Friday, the Knicks are what? Fifth in the Eastern Conference. So, and then Minnesota is Sunday. So the next four games are against teams in the playoffs trying to get in there. None of them are easy. Yeah, I mean, they're all good teams, like you said. I think I do wonder a little bit if by Wednesday that Memphis's motivation will be a little bit less based on it's looking more and more by that point that they're the two seed. Um, I think they play Houston maybe on Tuesday. They play somebody that they probably could, should beat. Um, and then Friday's game in particular with the Knicks, I think if you really like look closely at the standings, they might have the five seed in the East locked up and right. there's nowhere for them to go up or down. So. Those things could be factors. I do think, though, that even setting the stuff aside in terms of the teams that are coming in here and where their seeding is, if it's locked up or not, either way, I think the Pelicans are, are, have more motivation to win some of these games than the Kings, Grizzlies, and Knicks do. Right. So I, I, hopefully that'll be something that's beneficial for New Orleans, just that there's more urgency, there's way more at stake for them than there will be for these other teams, even though these other teams are gearing up for the playoffs and they are really good squads that have put together good records and have earned the the right to to know for sure that they're going to be in the top six and they're already they've already all clinched playoff spots. For the Grizzlies, they host Portland Tuesday, tomorrow play here at New Orleans, and then on Friday at Milwaukee at OKC. So they end on a three game road trip. Jim, final thing, they're about to practice here in a little bit. I don't know when or if we're going to get a Zion update, but based off of what two weeks ago. They said this Wednesday would be week two, right? That we'd get an update. We've seen him on the road and even um, getting some shots up, and just it looks like they're he's getting closer. I don't know what closer means. I'd love to see him at least by Friday. I don't think he's playing tomorrow. I don't think he's playing Wednesday either, just because of the matchup, very physical, whatever. But man, if you could get him back by Friday, and again, I'm just speculating, and I know you don't know either because we haven't seen them, but right. If he can either get Friday or some minutes in on Sunday at Minnesota, that, that that's an added element, man, that I, I keep saying he can help because of his style of game. It's in the paint. He can get putbacks. He's going to change what the defense has to do, and he can almost work his way back into where he was, hopefully, earlier in the year. But him on the court, Jim, when you would agree with me, he, he makes a difference if he can just step on the court. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, having one of the best, I don't know what he is now at this point, maybe 10, 15 players in the NBA. That would be a huge boost. I also think if you're talking about a, a make-or-break game in the play-in tournament or playoff, um, the intimidation factor that he brings, the confidence to the other team and the confidence level that he brings to your squad is kind of hard to measure. So I'm with you. I mean, if he is, if he's able to get in a couple games in the regular season, I mean, hopefully, ideally, they at the end of the regular season, they get – four or five days off before they start their playoff series against whoever. Um, but if he can get a couple games in before the playoffs, that would be a huge help in a lot of different ways. And I think provide a big boost and maybe make people think, you know, the ceiling of this team is super high. if they're full strength the way that they were when they were the number one seed in the West in December. Yeah, no doubt. Jim, I can offer Jim underscore. I can offer a way to follow over on Twitter. Right, for Pelicans.com. Covers the team as well. You'll hear him in our post game for the Pelicans Radio Network. And, man, it should be fun. Should be an exciting week. Got to pay attention. You got the natty tonight. Do you think UConn beat San Diego State? I'm 
I haven't paid close attention, but I'm going to have to go with UConn just based on the seems like they've been dominant. Yeah, they really have. I'm with you. Hey, man, I'll see you Wednesday. No, tomorrow. I I don't even know what day it is. That's right. We got a lot. We got a lot of games that we're going to see. I look forward to that. That's true. I'm off today. Work tomorrow. Okay. Anyway, we'll be back. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities to begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trowlers. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-489-6985. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-489-6985 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-489-6985 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-489-6985. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003, Lee, man. Thanks for holding on through the break and the guests. Our thanks to Jim Eichenhoff for Pelicans.com. How are you this Monday, man? Gus, I am doing wonderful, man. Championship weekend, man. It was a great weekend of sports for Louisiana in general. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say this, man. I'm I'm proud of, of my LSU Tigers. It's my adopted college. You know that. Well, all, all my local, all my local mm-hmm. colleges, I adopt everybody unless they're playing each other. Then, then I have to be neutral. But <laughs> man, look, Gus, these these young ladies, man. We we haven't been with them when they've spent the, the countless hours practicing, taking four five hundred shots after practice, just to hone in on their craft, put in the hard work and dedication that it takes to get to a national championship. Mm-hmm. So when you got grown, excuse my language, I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to give blackness. But when you got grown, bleeping men calling young ladies old enough to be their daughters and granddaughters because yep. that's how I feel about LSU women. Like I feel like all them girls could be my daughter. And when you got when you have grown men calling them pieces of classes, pieces of you know what, yeah. and Twitter, it makes me want to fight them. It makes me want to just, you know what, as a matter of fact, Mr. Barstool, uh, when we found out who he was, mm-hmm. I went on ahead and I went on here and removed that app from my phone. So I won't be making it, placing any bets on Barstool Sports app anymore. Yeah, I mean, so, like, like I I'm said, done. this could be very interesting to me that that man who runs that company, in their sports book in LaBerge over there in Baton Rouge, isn't that a sports book that they have? Yeah, there? yep. Well, yeah, Lebert, 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 that'll be very Lebert, interesting Lebert, if that relationship continues when that guy literally called one of the arguably greatest players to ever play for LSU a, you know, piece of s-h-i-t i mean that's that's incredible i mean I, to your point man if we want to discuss 
is there any place for that in a game? Have we got carried away? You've seen it. I've seen that even retweeted a video. I think it was on TikTok or on Twitter. Oh, I, I think, what is it, like bitty basketball? And now when guys make, you know, kids make a bucket, they're doing the too small. You know, they're, they're talking, tra- like, do we need to have trash talking in eight, nine year old base basketball games? I mean, I, I'm with you, but where are they learning it from? I mean, they're learning it from, like I just said, there's bat flips there. I mean, if there's a three pointer made, every bucket made that you're going to watch tonight in the national championship game, I guarantee you more than likely a player will make either a hand gesture or something acknowledging that they made a play. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. That's where they are. So I, I, I don't know. I just, but we can talk about that, but when you start, Labeling somebody a bleeping idiot using the F word like Obelman. That, that, that's, 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 that's a whole nother level, man. There, there's something else to that, you know? I mean, I don't know how else to yeah, feel about exactly. that. Exactly. Because I'm like, dude, I mean, come on, man. These, these girls work their behinds off to get where they're at. I should let them celebrate like the season. As long as it's spontaneous. Because we don't know what Caitlin Clark said to somebody from South Carolina. We don't know what one of, uh, what Don Staley's team maybe told Kim Mark and them after they played them or whatever. Yeah, this, this you know, we don't know what was being said. But when Angel Reese did what she did, she did it. She didn't just do it for LSU. She did it for South Carolina. She, because the bottom line is we don't like South Carolina. We don't love them, but we respect them. We respect their game. And, and I'm telling you, somebody on Iowa said something very extremely disrespectful to South Carolina when they upset them. And we don't know, see, we on the outside looking in, we don't know all the details. But I promise you, it's a lot more to what that, what happened than what we know. Because I'm telling you, you, you can't attack a young lady character like that because it was in the heat of the moment. Competitive sports, man, come on, we've all played competitive right. sports on some level. I mean, everybody trash talk. Because we was in the league, we, we was in the fantasy league that we had a couple of years, three years back. And I was trash talking you and your wife <laughs> right. on there when we was playing. I mean, come on, it was all this fun. Well, though. I mean, you know what? I, I go back. Uh, I go back to Saturday. Alexis Moore said that she was going to make Iowa pay for the disrespect they did to the South Carolina guard, where Caitlin Clark kind of does the the hand gesture to brush her off, let her shoot. You know, and they left her wide open, and she didn't shoot the ball. So, to your point, I do think th- there's a lot of, you know, what they did to South Carolina, how they view it, and, and, and perhaps, again, by judging by what I'm seeing and what I've heard of the, she can do no wrong, she's perfect kind of adoration yeah. she received. Exactly. And, and, you know, exactly. and I think, again, athletes use motivation however they do. Right, I mean, LeBron comes out and literally says the league's against them. They, they've shot four hundred plus free throws since that incident, right? I mean, <laughs> Michael Jordan, right? Um, the day he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame, didn't start his speech by thanking people. He went down the list and criticized people that doubted him. I mean, that but that's what motivated that guy. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like that dude literally went back to his high school coach and he ripped everybody. He ripped the the GM. He went like, dude, this is your day to go into the Hall of Fame and you're spending the first 15 minutes crushing people. So there's certain people that act a certain way, that get motivated a certain way, that are overly emotional or not. I mean, I can remember a very good time where Tiger Woods, who's now more revered than I would say – ostracized people didn't couldn't stand how how vocal he was demonstrative on the go not good for golf i mean you know what i'm saying so it, it's it, it, i think a lot of it is who you're rooting for who you are or not and also um other contexts in there but you know i, I don't know I, like i said we can discuss whether there, there's room for it in the game is it excessive and all that but i'm just specifically targeting and it, and it wasn't just those two guys, but particularly those two men. That that's above yeah. and beyond. That's not the gesture on the court. You're attacking the person. Exactly, and, and that's where that's where I'm like, dude. Mind you, a like junior, right? I mean, a college student. You're attacking like that. These are kids, man. And not only that, that's somebody's daughter. That could be my daughter. You saying that about? But to me, them fighting words. 
You know, so I'm like, dude, first of all, it's just the ring. That's number one. Number two, I mean, that's the first one ever at LSU for basketball. So you're going to just go and kiss that ring. That's number number one. Number two, these are kids. They're still kids. They're older kids, but they're kids. They're not, they're not adults yet. I mean, true adults. So until, you know, until that happened, until you were able to, to walk them out, yeah. and like I said, those, those, after those long practices, because you know Kim Morgan is a drill sergeant, so you know you know those girls, those girls are at you know they're putting in those hours, man, and they got a national title to show for it. So for you to do that, it says a lot about you as a person. And and I just you know I'm just like I feel embarrassed, man. I'm defending them because like they're not only my team. But I feel like they, they earned everything that they got, and nobody gave it to them. So let them celebrate. That's how I feel. Let them celebrate. They should. They have a right to celebrate without being called a piece of what you know what yeah. by some grown some grown man that's fifty, sixty years old. Yeah. It's not. It's not right, man. Well, like I it's said, not right. uh, you know, one is uh, unhinged, and the other, well. Just Google his name, and you'll see all the different things that pop up on him. So, I mean, I just there you go. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Hit the top of the hour, man. Let me go, and um, yep, we will come back. Rafael Esparza, at one fifteen. Rest of the hours open. Got plenty of post game sound from the Pels. Got some more and the national thoughts. Again, I, if I had an issue with what happened yesterday, it was that it's now taken over as the head, and it stinks because LSU is your national champion. They played an outstanding game, and it's the first ever in the state. That should be the focus. Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. So you ordered a new 